This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, where we punch Magnus the Red in the face every Monday and Friday. Great job. Hey, I, I, I identify with Lehman Russ. I'm a little angry since Magnus just blew up two of my three planets and severely kicked the crap like out of the third one. Like after I was being told not I to know, touch him. Like that was I, funny. Like, yeah. Nick, don't karate chop the model, Reese. Karate chop. That was not a karate chop. That was. That was a lateral palm strike. <laughs> More Krav Maga. Than karate. Mm, fair enough. If you uh, were more of a, a, a ultimate badass like myself, you'd be aware of these things. Fair enough. But anyway, guys, the show, as always, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at up to 25% off every day. We have all kinds of sales going on right now. We'll tell you a little bit about those. But by Jove, who's with us today? Could it possibly be the one, the only, Mr. Taste, Tea Taste? Mr. Taste. Mr. Taste. Yeah, I prefer Mr. Taste at this point. I, I've yeah. upgraded. I, that was my childhood name was Tasty Taste. Now it's Mr. Taste. Or Dr. Taste. Dr. Taste? I like Dr. Taste. Can I call you Tasty Tea? Tasty Tea. I'm down. I'm if, down. You, if you ever have a son, you need to name him Tasty Tot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, boy uh, or girl. Boy or girl? Yeah, yes. I guess I could. It's the Tasty Tot. Right, that's what maybe I'm, not girl. Maybe not girl. I don't want to attract uh, <laughs> wrong <laughs> the, the, the wrong element. Okay, the wrong kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we apologize. We're a couple of minutes late for those of you that are watching us live on Twitch. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, we are still getting settled into our new location here in Point Loma. Uh, Nick, you've seen the evolution of frontline gaming from uh, from the uh, subsidized housing over in uh, Martinez, California. Yeah, yeah. To where we are now. What would, what do you have to say? You know what. I am, I'm bummed that people are not licking the glass of the front of your store anymore. <laughs> I was looking forward to meeting some, making some new friends here in San Diego that were of a, a certain kind, mm. but I don't know what I'm going to do. All I've seen was one F FedEx guy and one um, other guy. So a sparklets delivery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got we, they have water here. That that's an improvement Weird. from before. They have water. Yeah. They have running water here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we do have running water here, which is pretty impressive. Uh, we also have there's, there's food around. Yeah, we, we had this one lady. She was touched. You know, she was one of she's one of God's special children. She would uh, pull her shirt up or down sometimes. Oh, yeah, and then lick the glass of the uh, window outside of the shop. So yep. and then buses and people yelling. Mm. It was just good times in Martinez. When, when two of your regular customers are friends and one is named Vampire and the other's name is Spock and it's not a joke. That tells you all you need to know. It's pretty legendary. Yeah. yeah. So here we are now uh, coming up in the world, and it's good to have you as always, buddy. Thanks. Uh, also, if you want to read a really good blog, Blood of, Cl Blood of Kittens is Nick's blog. Yeah. Go check it out. He has all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, really good articles you just had going, talking about all of the recent ITC winners with their lists. Yep, yep. Cool stuff. I know Pablo was very jealous. That you had that. He, he told me about that today. I'm sorry, yesterday. He was kind of crying a little bit. I mean, just a little. It's just like a couple tears. But it's more worship, I think, than anything. I so. think so. Definitely yeah. agree with that. I definitely agree with that statement. Uh, anyway, the big news for today is the ITC update poll for the third quarter of the 2016 season is going out today 
Friday the 16th. And uh, sorry that that took us a little bit of time, but uh, I think everybody could kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. There's been some pretty significant changes uh, in the way that Games Workshop relates to their customers. A lot of what we do is no longer, uh, we don't have to do a lot of what we used to do, if that makes sense. Uh, GW is very responsive and they've been answering a lot of FAQ questions. And obviously we would prefer for answers to come from them than from us. And so we're really happy that Games Workshop is doing this, but as a process of all that and all the new material that has come out, um, it kind of delayed things a little bit. So we're sorry for that, but I think it's ultimately, I think it's for the better. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So uh, we are in the process of going through all of the questions for the poll. Uh, we were going to send it out this morning, but we decided to wait a couple more hours just to make sure we didn't miss anything because GW's uh, main rulebook FAQ final draft came out and it's big. It's a big document. It's like a 12 page document. And we're trying to make sure that it lines up with the ITC FAQ. And even though there's not going to be that many questions on this quarter's poll, we do need to make sure that we're not missing anything, yeah. right? Because there's a lot of room, a lot of area where they overlap and there's a lot of area where they slightly diverge. So we need to go in and make sure everything's in alignment and then decide on what needs to be voted on and what doesn't. It's, it's going to be a lot of work for the output to the to all of you that are going to vote are going to be like, there's only a couple of questions. <laughs> but it's going to take, a, it's taking a, a tremendous amount of work to get them in uh, alignment with one another. So I hope that uh, that makes sense, right? Why it's taken us a little bit longer than usual. But uh, this will be the last vote before the LVO. And um, just, I want to preempt it because I know it's going to come up. There, you're going to see questions that are kind of pertinent to what's happening right now with new material. And you're not going to see questions on the poll. And there's a really good reason for that. And I think it's because we don't need, I think the answers will be coming in the near future. Yeah. I mean, we can expect, you know, after that poll goes up within an hour, GW is going to release all the FAQs for the factions yeah. by then, right? Like, dang that. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so just be aware of that, guys. Like if you're looking at the ITC poll and you're like, why, why isn't there a question about topic X? It's because we feel strong, you have a strong belief that we're not going to have to answer that question prior to the LVO. We're going to probably get an official answer sooner. And, than that. and that's why we're not addressing it. But we are aware of, of these things. So anyway, make sure to uh, check your email inbox. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, please do so. You can do that by clicking on the show notes for the, uh, the podcast blog post and signing up for the newsletter. And that way you make sure you will be sure to get it as soon as it comes out. Obviously, there will also be a blog post. We'll put it up on Facebook. We'll tweet it. Um, but if you sign up for our newsletter, you also are made aware of all the different sales and all the fun stuff that Frontline Gaming does. So you can take advantage of that. Uh, one of which right now we have our um, holiday triple play. Uh, if you order Blood Bowl and any two, two of any of the uh, three following starter, uh, Games Workshop box sets, you get all three for 300 bucks, including free shipping. It's like a huge, it's well over like $120 in savings. Mega deal. It's yeah. a super good deal. So it's Blood Bowl plus two of the following three box sets. It's a Death Watch Overkill, Burning of Prospero, or uh, the Silver Tower. Yep. So if you had your eye on those, those are all retail for like 150 plus bucks, by the way. Now, could someone buy, ask at the Blood Bowl, but they could buy two Silver Towers if they needed, say, Brimstone Horrors? Yeah. Yeah. Or you could get two Burning of Prosperos if you wanted to start a 30K army. or True. Or, or, or just Space Marine army, really. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to take advantage of that, please do. It's while supplies last. And uh, we are overstocked on some of these. And so as soon as they're gone, they're gone. Uh, so don't wait. Don't hesitate on that. And if you want to get it by Christmas, I would recommend putting that order in today. 
Order is at frontlinegaming.org or call it in, 888-781-5120. Or you can just swing by the shop here on Kirk Street and just grab them because they are sitting right here in our warehouse. Uh, we also have a very chaos Christmas going on. If you order any uh, chaos item from Games Workshop and your whole order is 200 bucks or more, it'll be 25% off free shipping. And we're doing that to celebrate all the awesome chaos stuff that has recently come out. Like, what's this? Magnus. Such a badass model. Yep. This would be Magnus the Red. This was painted by our paint studio. It's actually painted by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Brandon. Brandon. He's behind the camera right now, jumping up and down. And it looks this badass in record time. That's yeah. the cool part. Like two days. Less than two days. <laughs> Less, Less than two than days, two days yeah. yeah. So you'll be seeing this. Uh, Jeff in Control Robinson is branching off. He's doing his own thing on Twitch now. And we're really excited. He obviously is one of our best buddies, and we want to support his efforts. Yeah. But he's going to be showing this off on his stream. So if you want to take a look at that, be sure to uh, check out what he's doing. It's always very exciting and cool in the gaming world. Yep. And uh, this is also from our paint studio. So if you want to get something painted by our paint studio, please hit us up. Definitely. Yeah. And we want to say a welcome to Pascal DeForest, too, who's moving down here to join the in-house paint studio. An oldie but a goodie. Yeah, he's, yeah. he he's been is. He's for a long time. So. Yeah, he left. He came back. You know what? That's the way it usually goes. Because once you mess with the best... There's a rhyme here that I can't remember. Does, how does it go? Mess with the know. best, you come back for more. I, what? Yeah, I don't know what you're going with. And then you ditch the rest and stop being a pest. No, I yeah. don't think that's at all. No. all that uh, yeah, a little English major trying to come out and save yourself there. I, never, I was more of a pro. Never more, pro Reese. Never more, never more. Yeah, don't ever stop. GW, please retcon. <laughs> <laughs> don't that. do it. He's like, I didn't say never more. I said, I'm out. <laughs> I did clap. Last night as well, when Michael Bay's name came up on the screen. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that why was we're exciting. friends sometimes. That was exciting. <laughs> so we might as well talk about that now. We'll jump ahead in the notes a little bit. By the way, we went and saw Rogue One opening show. Oh, my. Amazing. Oh. Go see it. Oh, my Definitely. God. It's so good. It gets better as it goes on. That's the it best part. It does. The yeah. last 10 minutes of the movie are unbelievably good. Yeah. yeah. We won't spoil anything. I just cannot recommend it. If you're a Star Wars fan... And you, and episode seven maybe left you feeling a little flat, or it was entertaining, but it didn't really feel like a great movie, which is the truth. <laughs> uh, what? Yeah. How dare you? It was, you know, like, I mean, episode seven, like, I, I, I don't regret going to watch it, but I did not feel compelled to watch it again. No. Right? Like, you saw it twice. Yeah. I, I was like, eh, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, but we're all going to see that three times. I'm yes. going back yes. this weekend. Yes. I was, oh, so good. So good and so dark. It was amazing. It was like a true, like you know, Seven was like a, they tried to make it a love letter to like all the old fans. Rogue One is really a love letter to the old fans. I mean, I think it's more direct. Yeah, Rogue One is like this is for the adult audience. Yeah, and and Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, was like let's capture the kids, let's capture their imagination by kind of almost going plot beat for plot beat with <laughs> A New Hope. Yeah, and then we're and then we'll catapult it in, and I'm sure that that. Episode eight and nine will be a little bit fantastic. more adult. Yeah. yeah. And I, which, you know, hey, I'll go see it if they, it could be JJ Abrams taking a crap and I'll go watch it. And yeah. He's like, woo, got your money. I heard <laughs> they're going to get Michael Bay to help out, though. So stop, yeah. dude. Just, uh, but, but not with the explosions. Just with stop. It. It's just specifically with the plot, right? Just with the plot. plot yeah, yeah, just with the right. And, and sponsorship. And sponsorship. But if, yeah. it's, if he's writing the plot, the plot is explosions. Yeah. Well, duh. It's, so, it's racism and explosions. Thanks, Michael Bay. 
So we'll have Coca Cola ads inside. Yes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Victoria's Secret. Oh Victoria's Secret. Yeah. Some Japanese. They're like, brand, yeah, like the, the Jedi. Like, it's not midichlorians that give us the power of the Force. It's Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. Mountain Dew. I'm going, I'm going Mountain Dew. <laughs> I want Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, the Force Awakens. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. No, no, it wouldn't. Yes, it would. <laughs> so at any rate, go see Rogue One. It is. It exceeded my expectations. Like, absolutely. Blew me away. Yeah. Even Jason, who hates every movie that's ever been made <laughs> in the world, liked it. <laughs> like, I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, in other news, uh, Forge World releases some new kits this week. The highly anticipated uh, Acastus Knight oh, Porphyrion, yeah. I think I said that right, as well as Blood Bowl referees, which are very cool. Uh, okay, Blood Bowl referees, ah, cool. Now let's talk about the knight. <laughs> Holy crap. Knight is so cool. That guy is beast mode. He reminds me of the Rifleman mech from Battletech. Yeah, yeah. So much. And that's a good thing. Yeah, it looks so sick. Yeah, we've got the rules uh, on the show notes as well if you want to check him out. He's about 500 points. And some Deadly D, right? He, no, he has, he has four Strength 10 Ordnance Large Blast shots. I don't think, I don't think they're Strength D if I remember correctly. Uh, but like Strength 10, AP1, Ordnance, Twin Link, four shots, Beast Mode. Ignoring cover, perhaps? I don't think so. And then he has the, if I remember correctly, it's the whirlwind launcher on his back. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it should be like 10 whirlwind launchers. Yeah. It's massive, yeah. but I guess he just doesn't run out of ammo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got his LRM 30 on there. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. He's armor 14, uh, and he's huge. He's, he's like, I don't know what, 25% bigger than a normal knight. Yeah, I think uh, Fortral has a picture, a shot, a cinematic shot with him, and then they have the knights around him, so you can get a kind of good idea of the scale. Yeah, yeah the, um, there's a, um, uh, the, the Forge World Dreadnought, the bigger one's Contemptor, mm-hmm. and it goes up to like his kneecap. Yep. Nice. Yeah, he's, he is a big boy. Big boy. He's packing some heat. Yeah, looks like it'd be a lot of fun to play. I mean, that's a pretty hefty price tag, but hey, I'm cool with it, because that's pretty badass. That's yeah, and our studio will be painting one of those as well, pretty soon here. You'll see it as soon as we can get our hands on it. Uh, in other news, for those of you who enjoy Flames Stop of War, I keep bumping Magnus. I don't, he's a jerk. Well, now you can't see. Yeah. He's not in frame, bro. Okay. he is. The Lord of Change. I'm just going to... Just make pew-pew noises with him and fly him around. I'm going to do this. Uh, in other news, Flames of War has announced their fourth edition will be coming in March of 2017. So for those of you who enjoy some World War II action, make sure to check that out. And we will have Flames of War at the Las Vegas Open as well if you want to come and play. Yeah. Uh, there are some new releases from Bolt Action, another World War II, uh, 28 millimeter game. Amazing. Yeah, we have some German uh, Eastern Front Winter Soldiers, as well as some German Pioneers, which the Pioneers, the guy's got like a flamethrower. I'm pretty good with my World War II knowledge, but what were the Pioneers? Does anybody know? I have no, no idea. idea. That, that's a little untold story, I think, that lasted probably a week yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. war. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that has a mallet. Maybe he's up in the Alps, you know? He's just you chilling know in the Alps. Maybe they're like engineers. That sounds right, like the engineering core of the yeah. Navy or something like yeah. that. Uh, but anyway, check it out. There's some very cool looking... Uh, he does have a, he does have a bandana. No, oh, he has a mallet. No, look, look go down. Oh, scroll yeah, down. Yeah, he has a bandana. He and his homie are riding around on <laughs> a motorcycle. One guy's nice. got his bandana on. I like it. Uh, and also from Warlord Games in Conflict 47, which is an alternate history World War II game. <laughs> We're coming at you. <laughs> World War II all over the place. We have the Cromwell tank with Tesla cannon, which is pretty ooh, badass. Ooh, as Tesla well, cannon. As a Soviet T-34 ZP. A microwave cannon. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, 
I have a TV dinner to cook. Awesome. Yeah, it's a German. German. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, Comfort 47 is an alternate history 28 millimeter scale uh, World War II game. So I'm sure you could use a lot of the bolt action models in Conflict 47 and just be just fine. Yeah. You know, it looks like fun. That's the game where you see guys like power armored, like GIs and stuff like that. Very cool. Uh, definitely check those out. And World War Games, uh, they will have a presence at the Las Vegas Open. It'll be a lot of fun. The bolt action event is actually filling up. It, uh, there's a lot of people coming out. It's pretty out. popular still, yeah. Yep, it is. It's a cool game. All right, ITC, we have a ton of events this weekend. Like, the calendar is just growing and growing and growing. There's people like uh, some Danish players who are trying to sneak one in the same weekend as the LBO. <laughs> yeah. We're like, sorry, yeah. guys, that's, that's too late. Because uh, we, we have to calculate the final standings there at the LVO. Like, we have to be done by on that Saturday we have to calculate the final ranking so that we can uh, hand out awards to the ITC. So and that's like the highest stress level for these two guys yes. of, of the yes. event completely. Yes, it is. That is for sure. But the Best Coast pairings has made it infinitely easier. Yep. Literally the first year I was doing it by hand. Oh, I remember. I remember the sweat. I remember, yeah. I remember the just dripping just, just off the <gasps> But it was like um, it was like in a beautiful mind. Like the guy's like insane and like. Bugs. And you're in a suit, I think, for that too. Yeah. So it was well, like, the jacket and the tie so, came yeah. off. I was like, ah, like an abacus. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> but I got it done. I was like, nobody talked to me for an hour. Like, yeah. don't even come near me. Don't even look at me. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. Do we have any uh, GT level events going on this weekend, buddy? Negative. Yeah, I think RTTs. there's only like two or three this month. So. Yeah, I think they're already gone. Yeah, and January we will have uh, quite a few events going on as well. We have GT and major events all over the place. There's guys trying to like sneak in GT level events. <laughs> they're like trying to cobble them together in like two weeks. Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a GT. I'm like, well, it's pretty tough to pull that off, but I, I believe in you guys, go for it. Yeah. So uh, There's quite a few GTs in January. So. Yeah, and major events too. Yeah. There's a ton of them all over the world. And uh, we keep getting emails from people, yes, the Best Coast Pairing guys and the ITC organizers, which are us, will be uh, launching regional rankings in the 2017 season. That's v- people are very excited about that. Yeah. I knew that that was going to be, because we get emails all the time from people who live in small countries, like we can, literally can't compete. Like we don't have enough events, there's not enough people here. And it is not fair. You can't be expected to fly across the ocean 10 times a year in order to compete. Yeah. So the regional rankings, I think, are going to make it extremely exciting for people. For sure. Even just breaking it down in America is going to be fun, right? Like, you could be the best player in the South, which for a lot of people, that's, that's going to be super exciting. I'm going to be prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. <laughs> I, I think I'm just going to move to Canada. I want to dominate Canada. Canada. I, I feel like those guys just need, just need some domination. They're trying to dominate the LVO. Yeah. yeah, don't they have an event named something yeah, like Domination like, LVA, I yeah, believe? It's like so. Canadians take over the LVA. Take yeah, over America LVA. or something yeah, like that. Don't let LVA. Trump hear about that. We might have some trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the ITC rankings. How about that? Who's Nailed number it. one? I did. Yeah. I always good. do. I always do. That so, route, still in number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to. I was like, how about that? Oh, no, still no, not really. No, He's no. 103 points. But I think it's important to tell people that, you know, people have been saying, at least where I am, like, oh, there's no, it's already settled. But, you know, it's not settled. LVO will decide if Matt Root can be, everyone just needs to focus on making sure Matt Root doesn't make it to day three or two or whatever it is, the last day. If you can do that, then it is open season warfare forever's in that final day. So get him super drunk the night before. Yeah. Make sure to coach up his opponents before they play I him. think he's like a veterinarian, <laughs> veterinarian. so I think if you just like have kittens, you know, in a box mewing, 
He'll be like, I must save but them. Where are they? Where are they? You just, yeah, and then lead them into, then, you know, you lead them in the back alley at that point. Just lock them out there. Yeah. Just, I mean, if all else fails, you know what? Just what? Nancy Harding? Tanya Harding? Tanya Harding? Nancy. Come, yeah, that's a little old for the viewership. But oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Frankie, do you know that reference? Nope. No. Nope. Uh, it's one Olympic skater. Like, they, they were like lifelong rivals. And so she hired a dude to like kneecap the other girl. Yeah, it was really bad. It, it was, was terrible. Yeah, right. Like you can't Jeez. just. Call it th- yeah, it was what? like a, it was a white trash ethic of. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. Bad. And it was like Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, yeah so, you're right. You got so it. Let's not do that to Matt Rue. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, obviously no, no violence against Matt Rue. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> obviously, that was a joke, perhaps in poor taste. But yeah, no, please don't harm Matt Rue in any way. But if he does not make the finals, that's he's the, the, the blows the doors wide open. Right, he must win all six games on Friday and Saturday. Make the finals. If he makes the finals mathematically, it's pretty much a wrap. Yeah, like he's he's pretty much cinched it at that point. But he has to win six games in a row, which is not easy to do. Nope. It's very windy today. If you hear that, that sounded yeah. terrible. That was a little rat. Wow. <laughs> There's actual rain here. It's it, kind of I'm, I know. I don't know what's going on in San Diego. It only rains like two weeks out of the year in San Diego, and today was one of those days. But uh, Matt Root needs to go six for six. If he does, he can relax. Like, Pajama Pants was in a similar situation. He had to go, like, seven games. Yeah. And he locked it, and he did. And then he lost, but he still won the ITC. Yep. So Matt Root's put the money in the bank, so to speak, and he's in a position to win the whole thing. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the chips fall because I've been in, in my conversations with Matt. He's like, I, he's like, I am coming in. My, mo- my focus <laughs> is just that first game, you know, like – Get, win and get get just you know get you my momentum game at a going. time. It's a yeah. classic sports thing, but it's really important for him the most. Yep, you One can't game at a time. Don't get lost thinking about the the, the big prize. You got to think about the the step of the path yeah. you're on right now, uh, and that's six games get increasingly more difficult as you go against the best players. A lot of the best players in the world. Yep. It's going to be very exciting to see. Not a lot. We're getting them all, Reese. All of them. All of them are there. One hundred percent. All of them. Play, but I'll be there. Oh, the world's yeah. greatest. I, uh, yeah. But it's all right. It's Dude, all right. You, Maybe. Right. We're still, you still doing that? Maybe someday. Still doing that? I mean, the title never actually goes away. Okay. You could be like I mean, the Kylo Ren. The Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> He's wounded right now, so oh, I can't do it. Just one thing about Rogue One, Darth Vader. You see in the previews of Darth Vader's in it. It's so good. He's amazing. Unlike it's the jo- so good. Oh my god. Unlike the Joker in Suicide Squad, oh, his yeah. ten myth- minutes is worth every minute. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my. When Darth Vader does his thing, and he so he, he does it right. Yeah. God, it was good. Uh, anyway, second place, Brandon Grant. Third place, Josh Death has jumped up. Aaron Along is in fourth. Dan Platt in fifth. Thomas Hegstrom Oki is in uh, sixth. Andrew Gagnon in seventh. Brett Perkins in eighth. Ninth, Trent Northington, and James, I'm sorry. You cut um, him off. I did cut him off. He's in 10th place. Yeah. Uh, ITC team rankings, Beast Coast is still in first, but not by as much as they were. Ooh, NWO yeah. Black Shirts are in second. Team Zero Comp in third. Sisters of Battle, our man Bartos over in Poland, Cholchinski, he is still dominating Sisters of Battle. Space Rings, we have Thomas Hexham Oki. Ashton Militarian, we have Wesley Polly. Danny Kwan is leading Blood Angels. Chaos Demons, we have Trent Northington. Chaos Renegades, Brett Perkins with a big score. Yeah. Uh, Chaos Space Marines, we have Ian Andrew. Colt Mechanicus, Matt Root dominating. Dark Angels, Brandon Grant with a big lead. Actually, no. Aaron Elong has narrowed that to eight yeah. points. Right. That's gonna be a, that might be a little uh, hidden story for the, the event because those two guys are amazing. It's yeah. a microcosm of the meta. It's MSU versus Death Star. Yeah. Right? I'm, all right. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, buddy. Just pow! 
Oh, take that, Jeff. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm like... You're animated. Now stop. Just, you, you, how, you, how you, like a, you notice how you know I have my hand in my back yeah, pocket for yeah, this very like reason. Scarecrow. Well, yeah. you were playing taps on the table, which doesn't do so well with audio. Yeah. I just hit stuff, which is worse. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe we have JT McDowell. Death Watch, we have Shane Watts, who started putting up a pretty impressive score. Death Watch is a new faction. I'm, a, I'm excited to see them doing well. Uh, Eldar, we have Brad Chester, who has jumped into first place. Eldar Corsairs. Uh, Carter Leach has been leading the entire season. He's doing very well. Gene Steeler Colt, uh, Tyler DeVry. Uh, interestingly, Death Watch has gotten a higher score than Gene Steeler Colt. Same yeah. number of events. Well, uh, Taste Taste was saying that Death Watch was beating Gene Steeler Colt up in the Bay Area. So. Which yeah. is funny because that's exactly what they're yep. supposed, to, supposed <laughs> to do. Well, they, they do have quite a few ignores cover weapons, which is really the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and weapons that are powerful in Overwatch, which is really good against Gene Steeler Colts. But we've been hearing all over the place that Gene Steeler Colts are really shaking up the meta, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. Yeah, it's uh, good. Uh, Eldar and Tau really seem to have trouble uh, overcoming Gene Steeler Colts. Yep. And Jeff, Jeff uh, I was just hanging out with Jeff up in the Bay um, couple, last weekend, and he said he's played 20 games with Gene Steeler Colt and lost three times. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> That's pretty bad. good. Uh, Gray Knights, we have Don... Como, they wrote me. They, they wrote in and told me how to pronounce his last name, and I believe it. It's Como is the right way to say that. I, I apologize if I said it wrong. Harlequins, <laughs> we have Cameron Pinero. Imperial Knights, Josh Death has jumped in the first. Interesting. Uh, Josh plays so many different armies. I know. He's he all really, over the place. He is good with a wide variety of armies. Inquisition, we have Wesley Polly. Knights, Renegades, we have John Eubanks. Corn Demonkin, we have Horton Dotton. Uh, ooh, he's only winning by eight points. He was dominating all season. Chase Garber is racking in those <laughs> events. Yeah, he's, yep. <laughs> he's almost doubled the number of events, and he's narrowed that lead down to mm-hmm. eight. That's, he's, he's doing the, the Russia World War II tactic. Yep. Qual- quantity is a quality all of its own. Military Tem- Tempestus, we have David Koska, has jumped into first place. Congratulations. Necrons, we have Alex Finnell. Officio Assassinorum, we have Josh Bagwell. Works, Rich Kilton. That's been a great battle all season. Oh, yeah. For, oh, wow, for that's really place. great. Top three, or well, it's been going back and forth. Yeah, between... there's like about like five guys that have just been trading off. Maybe we should just have like a couple orc tables just set <laughs> aside. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there will be some orc tables at the LVR because yeah. we make orc ITC terrain. What? Mind blown. Weird. Uh, Skitari, we have Quentin Shepes who has been absolutely dominating that faction all season. Space Wolves, we have Mike Kriegler who is hanging on to first place. I know there's a couple really good players that have been chasing him uh, since he took first place, including well, where's our boy? Shane? No, no, not uh, Shane. Uh, Dylan, where you at, dude? Dylan was oh, calling. Dylan mostly, he yeah. pointed at the fences at the beginning of the season. He was like he was pulling a root doing his Babe Ruth saying yeah. he was going to win the Space Wolves. But you're not even in the top three, son. <laughs> Come on. You know, up your game. Dang. Unfortunately, uh, fortunately, Dylan is going to be TOing like four events to LVO, so he's not going to have a Aww. chance to Thanks, jump Dylan. back in there. Yeah. <laughs> you're the man, Good buddy. buddy. <laughs> Spiritually, you're my, you're my Space Wolf guy. Tao, we have Andrew Gagno. Tyranids, we have Tyler Larson. Congratulations to everybody who is finishing the season strong. It's going to be exciting, and there's still a lot of events to go. That is for sure. A lot of events to go. So before we uh, jump into some rumor discussion, there is a recently completed commission that we did. Tabletop Standard Emperor's Children Tanks for 30K. Beautiful, beautiful models. Tabletop Standard is very affordable. So if you want to get your army painted by the Frontline Gaming Paint Studio, please check us out. Mariana, i got to tell you, the, uh, the green screen action looks pretty good. Pretty good. I like it. We're in a we're in a battlefield. Whoa! Is it a World I just War noticed II that. That's crazy. No, <laughs> is that the is that the I want to hit him with a sword behind us? 
No. Damn it. I almost wish it was. Is it is it a Lehman Rust with a dude on top? It better yes. be. Yeah. Frankie, move your head. I want to see this. I already did. Yeah. Oh, it's just the delay, right? Delay. The delay is coming. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to happen. So, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, going, "What the hell are these idiots talking about?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are live casting in front of a green screen. You can check it out on YouTube, and you can check that out. It's pretty funny. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some rumors. Nick, you and I, uh, when we were getting bagels this morning, were Ooh, bagels. Just, yes, Frankie bagels. <laughs> they don't sound delicious. Thanks for the color. <laughs> uh, are, 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 you, are you a little hungry there, buddy? <laughs> Damn it, I missed you, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it again. So anyway, we were talking about, now it's pretty obvious that a lot of the Primarchs are going to be coming back, right? Like if you've read uh, Magnus, the, um, uh, tri- the Magnus the Red, what the hell is the name of the book? Wrath of Magnus. Wrath of Magnus, Magnus. thank you. Uh, <laughs> in the end of the book, that we drop some teasers, and they talk about Lehman Russ making a comeback, and they talk about the Demon Primarchs being on Cadia already. Yep. Right, and so uh, Nick and I were speculating about what would it be so cool if the Primarchs came back, which it appears that they're going to be coming back, which is awesome. And what would, it, what would, how would, they, what would they be like? What would they be doing? Like, really, really fun. And one of the things we've talked about a couple times is it would be great, like pretty much all the, the evil Primarchs are demon Primarchs, so they've right. all radically changed from their Forge World uh, pre-heresy versions. So it would be cool if we saw some evolution and some change in the, the Loyalist Primarchs. Like, what if Lehman Russ comes back and he's 10,000 years older? Well, he's been in the world, so he's, who knows how long, because right. the time doesn't move the same way. But we were saying... What if he's younger? He's Benjamin Button. No, no. We he's are like a baby? baby. <laughs> he's like a little chibi Primarch. Yeah, right. oh. <laughs> Oh, no, no, please. <laughs> please, please, don't no, please, please don't yeah, do that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think, for, especially for Lehman Lash, we were saying, you know, at, we, we saw the trailer for the Logan next Wolverine movie, and we ha- people, you know, didn't really like the, a lot of people didn't like the Forge World Lehman Rush because he wasn't, quote, Viking enough looking. Yeah. So to have, to redeem that and have this dichotomy between old Lehman and old grizzled, full-on beard, full-on long hair in the back, battle, you know, and scar dude. And it's red he's been in the war. Yeah. yeah. Be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he came back, like, grizzled, or like another one was Dorn. Like we know he lost his arm. Oh, well, like, oh you wanted a frag cannon or something? I guy. want Mega Man Dorn comes back. He's like grizzled. <laughs> Maybe he's like missing. He's got like a robot leg, and he's yeah. like, I've seen some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be really cool. And then there's rumors floating around. Again, this is just fan speculation. Yeah. This is just just people's ideas that there's going to be some switching, right? Like uh, one of the theories that that uh, my cousin had that uh, he thought was cool was if uh, Alpharius or Omegon was still alive and was actually a double agent. And that's hinted at in the fluff. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole time he faked going over to Chaos to actually serve the, the interests of the yeah. Imperium. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, one of the rumors we've seen floating around the net is that uh, Jagadi Khan is in fact going to have switched sides while he was in the warp. So if you're you know, a White Scars player, you might not be too happy about that. But if they do something with the rules, we might be happy about that. Well, what I think that the opportunity would, would be amazing to have like a, a sub-faction of White Scars, like the traitor White Scars. Because if you've you know, invested in a giant White Scars army and all of a sudden, no, they're chaos, put spikes on everything, you're going to be like, eh, I don't think yeah. so. Oh, so I think if they did like a sub-faction, like, oh, these are the guys that followed their Primarch, or he created a new traitor legion or something. Yeah. Um, and then the same with Alpha Legion. Like... Oh, here's the true, like the loyal Alpha Legion, but then you could still have your chaos force that you've, you know, you've built the time and energy into. Like one of our buddies has an Alpha Legion tattoo. Yeah. He's not going to want to like, what, cross that out and, oh, just kidding, psych. So I think that would be really cool. What would you guys like to see if you were to see some of these Primarchs uh, return? I want Korax to come back. 
And he goes, Nevermore. Just kidding. Yeah. I want it like he if just he comes, comes back as just a raven. It's just. Ah, ah. <laughs> he's Nijal or Cody as his raven. Yeah. Sorry, he's always been and he just transforms. Oh, no. like, yeah, he's, he's like, the warp was bad to me. Oh, yeah. If he comes back, he should be like the ultimate like ninja. Like, he's been like in the warp for 10,000 years, like fighting like a shadow battle. Mm-hmm. He comes out and he's just like like Ninja Gaiden. Did but, he go in with like any of his guys or just No, he just, ba- he just bounced. He just, yeah, he just went emo and cried a little bit. Yeah. And then he's like, eh, a lot of the prime marks do this. A lot of them are just like little like wimpy, like emotionally immature. <laughs> Daddy's mad at me. Grow up. up, dude. Yeah. But I, I would love to see that, like, like that evolution, like that change. Because you don't want Korax to come out of the warp mm-hmm. that... Oh, just use the Forge World model. Like, yeah. Come on, like let's do, let's 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 see some change, some development. I, well, I'm really excited. Well, for I that. think you know a lot. I mean, just like a general thing for the Primarchs, like we we talked about is, and I think a lot of people want to see is like, like the Lion and Gulliman coming back and being like, what has the Imperium become? And yeah. then you have like some cross like conspiracies where the High Lords are like, we need to actually kill some Primarchs now because yeah. these are going to mess up the order of things. Yeah. You know, so the, I'm sure that sounds like a GW twist anyway, so I can foresee, like, the Inquisition going after a, a loyalist Primarch that's completely loyal, but because he's like, what are you doing worshipping the, you know, yeah. Emperor yeah. God or whatever. Yeah, the Emperor never wanted you to worship him. And then, the yeah, like, the High Lords of Terror could be like, whoa, this is how we control everybody, so you guys need to shut up and get with the program. program yeah. And Gaiman's like, I'm Gaiman, son. Yeah. I'll tell you what to do. I was fighting with your great grandpa times one, you know, to the 10th power. <laughs> so let us know in the chat, what would you guys like to see uh, in this evolution of the story, which I am super excited for. I'm very, very pumped to see them moving the story forward and changing the setting because it's long overdue in my opinion. You know, the game doesn't want to be frozen in time. That's, that gets stale. You know, I'm excited for this. Yeah, but don't go full Sigmar GW. We don't want. We don't need that. The world explodes. Yeah. And, uh, here's a new game. You're like, no. Although you know, I would not even be opposed to like the emperor evolving from his state of like mummification. Yeah. You know, they might go real old school. And if people know the Star Child, Star Child um, thing, which is an ancient rogue trader thing that they they haven't really talked about, but with nostalgia and everything coming back, it's highly possible they could just kill off the emperor, but then he, he's born again. Mm-hmm. And has, they can have a whole or plot. They just kill him. Yeah. Well, like, like some of the rumors we've been hearing is that maybe the demon primarchs, that's their ultimate goal. Like, Abaddon's goal has been to, like, destroy the Emperor. So, like, what if they gather up the super, or the, the, um, the Legion of Doom, and then they make a beeline for Earth with the goal of trying to, like, destroy the Emperor? That would be a very exciting... Uh, if Cypher does it first. Cypher is trying to help, or maybe hurt, I don't know. He's the most interesting man in the in the opinion. I feel like there's a lot of stuff with Cypher and like with the Alpha and Omega with the the thing where there's like there seems to be in, like in the Fortress books there's like there's like a little like other there's like another faction like a little I think there's a little imperial cult within the imperial cult going <laughs> on sort of thing. What if Cypher is Alpharian? <gasps> what? Alpharius, excuse me. That, how uh, he's like yeah! Like, oh, you scamp. <laughs> that means he's a Primarch? No. No, No, because Omega and Alpharius are the same size as normal Space Marines. No, I know, but they've got to be more powerful than normal Space Marines, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Oh, well, Cypher well, is more I guess Cypher power. is more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah no, it's... It's, it's uh, not quite a Magnus the Red, but, you know... Well, no, but right. Magnus the Red is a Demon Prince Primarch. He's yeah. a Demon Primarch, right? I mean, the whole thing with the Alpha Legion is that they blend in, and all of their soldiers look like them. Yeah. So you can't tell... Who's who? That's a, that's a whole part of their kind of like... Well, thing. you should see here. We have a Tomb King 20, which I think is probably Brett Perkins. Yes, um, yes. So it looks he wants what you want more than anything in the world. He wants Cruz back, which I think is kind of impossible. He's kind yeah. of clearly dead, but... 
he has, you know, nightmare problems. So he had a big migraine. He just couldn't handle the migraine. Yeah. I don't think Cruz is coming back. I don't think Sanguinius is coming back. Horus isn't coming back. They're dead. They're dead. Sanguinius is going to be such a cool Primark. Uh, ooh. Unless he's already back. Sanguinator. Oh. <laughs> 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 he's like, I shrunk myself. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Jay Jim. Don't forget the Terminus Decree, Reese. They could just bring Drago back to destroy the Papa. Imp. Yes, that's what yeah. Drago was made for. He's, he's the counter to the Primarchs. Yeah, that's my, my theory is the Emperor's going to die, Drago's going to come back, and he's going to lead the Imperium to victory. That's very Matt Wardian. I like no, that. No, no, that's very yeah. Michael Bay. <laughs> and Matt Ward. They're probably friends. Probably Great. hang out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us. Novastar, waiting for your ATC score. So is everybody else. But we are working with the it's just TOs. about done. Yeah. They, they, the way they gathered data was not sufficient for the ITC, but we've been working as a team. Thank you to the ATC team. Thank you to actually uh, Tony Grapondo, too, who helped a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and Aaron Along too. Thank you guys for helping out. But we're getting that data together, and hopefully we should have it uploaded in the near future. That's going to change some things up for sure. It will. That was, uh, it would definitely will. So, anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you on Monday. Make sure to check, keep your eye on your email inbox, and cast your vote. Thank you very much. All right. Adios. Amigos. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for hanging in there to listen to an interview because we have got a great guest this fine evening we're recording in the in the evening time here it's not at the same time as we're recording live but with me is the one the only mr paul murphy how you doing buddy hey man thanks for having me thank you so much for joining us this is actually the second time we recorded this interview because i'm dumb and i didn't uh, record it properly so I, I like to think paul that the second time is going to be so much better than the first we're going to call it that no matter what happens <laughs> because since there's no uh, evidence to the contrary we're just going to say that this was obviously the better uh the better interview but um paul is uh, taking some time to join us today to talk about warzone atl which he was involved with and it sounds like it was an absolutely awesome event we, you know we brand is the biggest party in 40k you know, we're certainly it was certainly the largest tournament in the southeast and I think that the biggest party in 40K is a great way to build your event. Uh, we do similar with the Las Vegas Open. We really emphasize the social aspect of it because I think uh, that you'll agree that that is the thing that keeps the veteran gamer coming back year after year is not necessarily the uh, the uh, balls-to-the-wall competition, although that is a lot of fun. It's it's the camaraderie. Yeah, and I partner with the group. Uh, my, I'm I'm the Forge Narrative side. I don't know if you guys, your listeners, have, have heard of what I do, but I run a show called Forge Narrative. You can find it on ForgeNarrative.net, ForgeTheNarrative.net, and I partnered with a local uh, tournament group called the General Staff. And they're, I mean, just some of the best guys in 40K, uh, committed to the hobby, the sport. I was going to call it the sport. You know, it's getting there, right? It's, it is for uh, people like us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just some of the best guys around. Uh, they they run a tournament series here in Atlanta that you know, keeps people engaged in the, in the local. And it does pull some people from other other parts of the state, but anyway, a great group of guys. And we sat down to, to talk about what the experience of a tournament that we would want to run would be. And so we crafted that the best we could and came up with Warzone Atlanta. I think that that's a great way to start is you ask yourselves, uh, and this is how we threw our uh, hat into the ring when we did the BAO all those years ago, is if we were going to run a tournament, what would we like it to be like? And so why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you decided you wanted your tournament to be like? 
Well, I mean, there's obviously, I mean, there's great tournaments out there. Like you just mentioned, BAO, Gwinnelvio, Nova, and Adepticon. I mean, those are awesome tournaments, and they are very much a a tournament event. Now, some of those over time, because of the camaraderie, camaraderie that we're talking about, grow into these social events too. But we started kind of with the social aspect in mind first and and then backed it up into an incredibly competitive tournament. And so, what I mean by that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to uh, elaborate, but it sounds like you were already go, going to do that, so please do. Yeah, wh- what I mean by that is, like, what are some things that would be great at every tournament if every tournament could do it? And one of those things we did was wanted to have – we started with, well, okay, we sometimes we feel confined or cramped or whatever. Okay, well, let's deal with the space issue first. Let's, let's commit to having – um, four feet around every side of the table. So no two tables are touching each other. That sounds kind of cool. That's something we could, we could build off of, right? Uh, let's find a place that lets us do that and still have a bunch of people. Like this year, uh, last year we capped at 100 people. This year we were going to cap at 100 people, but then we sold out within eight hours. And so then we opened it up to 110 people. Yeah, that um, was incredible. I remember you uh... – you and I were chatting and you're like, we just sold out. I was like, didn't you just put the tickets up today? And you're like, yeah, I was like, wow, good for you guys. Uh, you know, a lot of hype, you know, we talk about it on the show and of course got people excited from the previous year. You know, we, we kind of set all this up with like, Hey, this is what, you know, we're going to do with this tournament. And then we delivered on it, you know, which is, you know, that's how you get people, you know, kind of bite. Like you're, you're, you're really doing what you say you're doing. So, you know, it's going to be a fun time. And that's what we kind of doubled down on that this year. And, and then we started saying, well, okay, wouldn't it be cool if we had, um, uh, wait staff, waitresses coming in, delivering drinks to people at their table. So you never have to leave the table. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be great. Personally, I would so, not be opposed yeah, so to that. We're like, well, let's get that. Let's make that happen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, past that, like, well, okay, cool. There's, there's all these kind of scramble in a lunch break, uh, to get people fed and then back to the table in time. Why don't we do this? Why don't we cater, have the hotel cater lunch on both days and have that be included in the price of the ticket? I, sounds like a great idea to me. It, yeah. And it worked. I'll be honest though. I mean, you know, how dealing with hotels, uh, you kind of, Sometimes, you know, talk about it. You don't know what's going to come out the way you kind of envision it. But the launch on, on the previous year and this year, I mean, it just blows away. It's it's better than, you know, getting a, a hot dog or whatever or, you know, running having to get your car, run out to some fast food place and getting back in, in time. It's, you know, it was seeing all the players from all the different groups because we had a dining room set aside for just us coming and sitting down at a table. Uh, and then the groups intermingling in that way and just kind of interacting in ways that you don't always see at every tournament. Well, it was really, it was really nice. Uh, and so that, that added to it. I'll add it into the, the social aspect of it, camaraderie of it. And then we, we kept it at five rounds. I mean, I know there's a lot of, there's, there's people that write novels about what the ideal tournament length <laughs> of rounds and stuff is. And, and they're all right. I mean, they kind of what the, like, they're all right. Whatever you think is the best is probably the best, right? Uh, in my opinion, anyway. But we kept it at five rounds and gave three-hour rounds, uh, and that was you know enough time to play an 1850 game, uh, and still do that you know have a game when you're having drinks brought to the table and and anyway that's that's how we created the experience. So that was the idea behind the experience. It sounds great. I mean, all the things you said I like, and uh, and that is funny with the, the the tournament structure and format. Like we've all debated till we're blue in the face, and all of us who are kind of this generation's tournament organizers have all kind of eased into that. I'm not going to tell anybody how to do it anymore. I'm not young and, <laughs> and, and think I know everything. I'm, I'm older and realize I don't know that much. <laughs> and, 
everyone I know, all the other TOs have the same attitude that you do now. They're kind of like, you know what? Let's just give the people what they want. And five rounds, three hour rounds sounds pretty good. It's kind of the traditional Games Workshop GT format that we grew up with. Yeah, and then to top that off on the tournament side of things, like when I say who won Warzone, I list four people. We have four equal champions of Warzone. Uh, and this is something that, that we're really proud of. I mean, it's it's like, are we we award a best sport, you know, a best a general, a best all around competitor, and a and a best appearance. And but they they get equal prize support, equal trophy, and are all the winners of Warzone. And not one of those for our event is above any other in the prize categories. Yeah, and we do the exact same thing at the at all of our events. People tend to talk about the, the, the tournament champion or, or whatever terminology that you use for it the most, but uh, I know that, that the other TOs out there have the same uh, men, uh, mentality towards it that you just stated, and that is weighting them all equally in terms of what you give them in terms of prize sport. It's just that the community tends to focus on uh, he or she that that went undefeated and won it all or, or in a battle point system, yeah. the most battle points. I'm cool with that. Again, that's that's one way of looking at it. And if that's what you want to do and that's what your victory condition for a tournament is, then, I mean, I want to make sure that we provide that at our event. But to me, it's it's all about it. And then, you know, I, I think we mentioned this, at least on the talk that you had on over on my show, was that we have groups to where this is where it gets, you know, th this gets a little fuzzy. So I apologize. And I'll try to be brief on it. But uh, instead of doing like a best in category for Space Marines or Sisters or Eldar or whatever, uh, we separate folks out by their performance on day one. And so day two, you're starting in a sub competition. You're still going throughout the normal tournament. You're still be paired as if you were Swiss along the whole way, competing for the top prizes and whatever. But then you're also competing to be uh, first and second place in your group, your bracket, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's a cool. I think that's a cool idea. And like we had discussed on over on uh, Forge Narrative, is that any mechanic that incentivizes the player to come back on day two, that keeps them engaged and emotionally uh, involved in what they're doing, feeling like they have something to fight for, is a positive thing. And different tournaments do it in different ways. But if I remember correctly, you guys had like a 99% retention rate between. Uh, I'll, I'll spell it out. We started, we knew we opened it up to 110 slots. Life being what it is, we rolled dice on Saturday morning with 108 players. On Sunday morning, we rolled dice with 107 players. One guy partied a little too hard and had to drop. It wasn't that he was having a good, it wasn't having a good time as he was having too much of a good time. And I can respect that. Yeah, well, you know, that happens, especially at the LVO, that happens fairly frequently. <laughs> we have someone who shows up at noon on day two, and they're like, I had a great time. And you're like, hey, no problem, dude. Like, yep, hey, it, it is what it is. But I'm real proud of that uh, that retention from day one to day two, because, you know, not every tournament can can uh, can uh, be proud of that or say that. Yep, it, it shows that you've got a format. It shows that you're doing things well. Not to put anybody else down that may not have had that same effect, but – uh, I think it's pretty telling when you're when everyone comes back the second day, and we we've also always been very proud of the fact that we have very high retention from day one to day two. I think that that's something you should definitely be proud of. We started doing some events on Friday night as well, which is kind of getting that whole kind of uh, convention spirit. I guess we had a a X Wing event on Friday night, and then a Horus Heresy 30K Combat Patrol event, which you know both had players. 
seem to be a fun time. It's another excuse. Even the folks, we had things going on in the in the, the the rooms, and so it allowed people to kind of come in and mill about. So we had some, maybe probably fifty percent of the tournament folks there hanging out on that Friday night. So it really was a full weekend thing. Yeah, that no, sounds like a blast. And you know, you and I discussed what your plans are for growth, and it sounds like it's being forced upon you, whether. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you wanted to or not, it sounds like you guys are definitely going to be uh, scaling up because uh, the, the success of the event. Well, I talked a little bit about the general staff guys. Uh, a lot of those folks were are kind of the on-site people, you know, doing that that kind of unheralded task of uh, of making sure the round started on time, making sure everyone entered their score sheets correctly. And so, you know, I know we had that three-hour round, but then 15 minutes later, we're all rolling dice again. You know, and right after lunch, you know, we're all rolling dice again. And that has a lot to do with the stuff that you don't always talk about, like the logistics of running the event and the folks that were doing it for Warzone. I mean, second to none. I mean, it's just top notch, like a like a well-oiled machine. And and that goes into also uh, people's impression of the event, I think, even though they may not be able to put their finger on it. Let me tell you that <laughs> that did it. That helped. Oh, 100 percent. Like we people ask us all the time and I'm sure you could reiterate this information, but. When they ask for advice on running an event, I'm like, well, first of all, take a little bit of an accounting class so that you don't lose all your, you know, <laughs> don't lose your shirt. <laughs> Step two is execution and, and logistics. Like, without question, running the event smoothly and delivering on the promise that you made to your players of a good, fun event that is well run, that is the key ingredient to success, right? They'll forgive almost anything else is if you run the event on time. You have enough judges, you're there, and the logistics of it run smoothly. So you can't say enough good things about the team that makes that happen. So it sounds like the general staff did a great job. Oh, they did. And talking about going from, you know, even to 100, and, 100 to 110 people, I'm a big believer. It's like a an entertainer to player ratio. Have you ever done any kind of thing that that references that as to where you have to have there's a balance to strike you've got to know what to be and so i i before we even went to that that 10 extra folks i wanted to bring on one extra person and and i'm not saying that you need one person for 10 folks i'm saying that that we we were i thought we're going to deliver at 100 and i wanted to make sure that we were going to deliver and not compromise that experience going to 110 so the idea is, is, of course, to expand next year. And how we do, how we offer tickets this year was we we offered it out first 24 hours to the people that, that came last year. Uh, and so we'll probably do something very similar this year. If you came, you'll be offered to have 24 hours to buy your ticket, and then uh, they'll go into general release the next day or, or you know, couple of days from then, whenever we say it's going to happen. But so growth, that's the plan, is to make sure that everyone, of course, is cool, and then that when we – when we do expand the numbers that we have the right ratio of folks to maintain the, everything that we're talking about, don't want to lose and compromise any of the experience going from year to year. And that's going to be difficult, but I have faith in everyone. We're going to do it. Yeah. And that, you, you hit the nail on the head. I agree with you so much is you can't compromise the experience that you're delivering because then it's not, it's not what it was. And how often do we see in any field when someone becomes the victim of their own success and they overextend and then they, they, they're no longer what they were, right? So the core, the core principles, the core values that caused the event to be a success no longer are there. So I think that's a very good strategy for growth. And if you can maintain that and scale up, uh, I think you're going to be very successful. It sounds like you guys already are. You already have been very successful with the event, which is, which is great because there was kind of a dearth of events in that region of the country. There wasn't a lot of big uh, GT-level events out there. So I think you filled – 
you fill the void, you, you, you met a demand in the marketplace that was definitely there. And I think that that's great. No, it, it's been a blast doing it. Just seeing everyone, just I mentioned that uh, kind of hanging out, even the communal areas in between rounds. We also did something uh, really awesome. We had a bounty board. People could issue bounties on certain situations in the game, like uh, seizing the initiative on Kodiaz. Something, something that's something you would place a bounty on or could place a bounty on. And if someone did it, they could claim the bounty for as many times as you offered it. And that kept people, you know, really kind of just dialed in and focused on on the overall event and maybe not just what was happening at their table. Kind of, I think, helped weave that community together. And it was it was very popular. Yeah, that sounds like fun. It was uh, kind of like reminds me of the Adepticon team tournament, how they have awards for like killing the enemy's HQ the most times or like losing, you know, like all that fun stuff. And I, that's it becomes a little metagame. And I think that that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was one of the more interesting things is weaving in these kind of sub competitions w- without taking away from the overall grand tournament experience. Because it really at the at the end of everything, it is a grand tournament, very competitive. I mean, we allowed we we modified very very little, and I, and it, it's worth. I can't say we just ran right out of the rulebook force organization because we we uh, we trimmed it down to one gargantuan, one super heavy, uh, or one detachment of knights. Right. And I I think that's cool because there's obviously a group of people out there that that's the way they want to play the game. You can't play 40K right out of the rulebook. You literally cannot, if unless it's like a, the Anarchists tournament. Well, well, I believe in protecting the middle tables. I mean, I really yeah. do. I think the middle tables are that they, they're they're anything that you know, I'm not I'm not telling tales and I'm not certainly this is no comment on anybody else's stuff. It's just I believe that your primary agenda should be protecting the experience of those 40 tables in the middle of the pack. Yeah, you and I have discussed this many times on and off air, and I agree with you 100 percent. The top 10 percent of the, the field, the most competitive players they're unless they are just completely against the format, which doesn't happen very often, they can be the most vocally critical, but they're usually going to go because they really want to go and, and compete. They just want it to be specifically the way they like it, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. The bottom 10%, as you and I have talked about, they're there just to have a good time and they don't really care at all. Like they may not even read the mission, right? <laughs> they're just going to drink some beer and watch some stuff blow up and they're going to have a great time. But it's that 80% in the middle that has maybe uh, not the, most realistic but they have some expectation of a fair chance at victory that they're there to compete but they maybe haven't taken that step into the top 10 percent that's the people that you need to be aware of right like yeah or it's one of those 10 percenters bubbled you know kind of ditched down into that group for a couple of rounds and just you don't want to ruin them somebody's day i mean you know with with something that they feel is out of their control or whatever so yeah that's that's the that's the compromise and the modification that we made in the spirit of that and, and, and clearly it's 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 worked for you guys, and I think that that's great. And there's room for everybody. There's room for all kinds of events, and a lot of people miss that. Uh, and not to derail or, or go off into the weeds too much, just a quick point. Uh, a lot of people miss that with the ITC. Like some of the criticism that we do get is, uh, you know, uh, you, you say I can't do this, you say I can't do that, and everything we're doing is aimed at protecting that, that middle of the pack player the majority of the players you know the middle of the bell curve so to speak which encapsulates most players and what's we always tell people is like well if you don't like it just change it right like but people (laughs) naturally kind of want to be told how to play the game because it makes it easier right like it does make it a lot easier when you can just print something off and say this is what we're doing yeah and it's and that's why the itc has been successful is like here's something that you can use as a baseline so there is room for 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 events like the like warzone atl and like 
like Nova and Adepticon, they're a part of the ITC too, but they don't, they do their own thing and we could literally care less, right? Like do what you yeah. want to do. I mean, that's, I prefer it when there's different uh, platforms out there. I mean, it's, I mean, again, not to take us too far off, but like Magic does it. They have standard, they have modern, they have yeah. EDH and vintage and like, I don't even know what they're all called, but there's, there's more than just a handful of formats and they all, you know, there's, there are people that play all of them and enjoy all of them. And there's some people that just specialize in one or the other. And, and our hobby is big enough to encompass that. So, I mean, and yeah, it is easy to kind of get lost arguing about that, even though we all just want the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, I know we've talked about this too, at least you and I anyway, but people sometimes think that we may like actually argue with each other about this stuff and compete. No, couldn't be further from the truth. This no. is <laughs> more than more the merrier. Yeah, it's, it, I get that. I see that online where people are like, oh, yeah, I think someone's like, you know, doing this and that. And oh, yeah, they're going to beat you or they're competing. I'm like, I talk to the other TOs all, like almost on a daily basis. Like, I talk to you all the time. I talk to Mike Brandt all the time. I talk to all the guys with Adepticon all the time. We're all friends. We all cooperate. There's almost zero competition, right? We all go out of our way to not overlap on dates. We share ideas like, hey, this worked for me. You might want to try it. Or, hey, this this didn't work for me. You might want to avoid it. Like, oh, you have a different format? That's really cool. It's not like I'm pulling my knife out and Paul and I are going sh- <laughs> to We're going to meet other. somewhere on the Mississippi and uh, figure out – What's the best format? Not at all. Like it could, like you said, it couldn't be further from the truth. Like everyone, we cooperate, even though we do technically compete, right? There's, there's a pie of, of gamers that travel to events. It's just not that way. It's the most cooperative industry I have ever worked with, worked in, in my life. And we all hope for each other's success in a genuine way. It's not, it's not pandering or or blowing smoke up each other's tailpipes. And to bring us back around the war zone, it's just one of those things to where well, of course, you never know if any of this, this weird stuff is going to work because this stuff is not even feasible for, uh, for some tournaments. And I get that. Like, it's not even something to shoot for. It's not, not anything to worry about. But we kind of just built this with this in mind. And, you know, and it's it's paid off. You know, being being a podcaster, being, you know, being someone that, that exists in a community of folks on Twitter or whatever, you know, you, you, you want to bring people together and, and see everybody having a good time actually doing the thing that we spend so much time talking about. And it was really kind of cool to see it all come together for the second year in a row um, at this. And I, I greatly admire anyone who has an entrepreneurial spirit to go and take the chance, put their money where their mouth is, and then to do it in their own way, right? Because that's exactly what we did, right? The BAO, which set everything in motion for us, it set Frontline Gaming in motion, uh, all these things that have happened in the years since is because we were like, we would like to do it a different way. And we believe that it will work when nobody else was doing it the way that we did it uh, at that time. And I really admire it when someone has the, the moxie to go out there and put their money where their mouth is and take yeah, a chance. Happy, I mean, we, we play a hobby where we're, we're interested in talking about what we do, you know, talking yeah. about painting, talking about putting models together, talking about building lists and stuff. You know, that's just, that's a phenom. Well, maybe all guys, I think maybe for the most part, just kind of enjoy explaining things i don't know whatever but i'm happy to talk about this with folks about how to even get started planning an event yeah we all the time i mean i don't actually i don't get emails as frequently as i used to but we used to get all the time how do i get started and i'm always like learn the basics of accounting so that you don't lose all your money and then it (laughs) and then go read a book about like uh team management and like you're gonna be fine your natural enthusiasm be be prepared to set a handful of money on fire yes uh, and then yes and yes. hope for the best. Yep. And don't plan to make a, a penny 
<laughs> maybe in year like four, five, six, maybe, but it's never going to be uh, the input. The output will never match the input, right? Like the guys at Adepticon <laughs> will tell you, even at the at the levels that they're at now, they're still like, we make pennies an hour, right? When you factor in everything, you do it because you love it. You do yeah, it because you yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. And, and then that enthusiasm and that passion, if it ever goes away and it becomes something that's strictly just to try and turn a profit, that's when your event's going to die. Because yeah. your, your customer will sense it, right? Like, like you said, we love talking about this so much, love thinking about it, love, you know, the time we get to put into it. Like, people can sense when you're being false. Like, you can't hide yeah. it. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a certain amount of, like, even the passion. I say, you know, we have four winners of the event. Uh, you know, I mean that. And if that came through as transparent, like, no one would buy into it. No, no one. We're not going to have a, a 99% retention rate on day two. I mean, that's just not how it's going to be. Exactly. Like your natural enthusiasm is what carries the endeavor. But um, I think it's wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add? And also, where can people find your podcast once again? Because it is a great podcast. And I Thank you very much. You can yeah. go to forgethenarrative.net. Uh, you can also find us on Battle of Lost Souls. Uh, I think we're, uh, we get published out on, on Mondays. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes if you search for Forge the Narrative or Warhammer 40K podcast. But forgethenarrative.net is when you can subscribe to get it as soon as it's, as it's published. Awesome. And then do you guys have dates set for next year's Warzone ATL yet? It, oh, yes. It will be Veterans Day weekend, which I believe next year is going to be the 10th through the 12th, November 10th through the 12th. Nice. That's a good time. That's a good time of the year uh, to have an event. And it's probably nice. It's not too hot, I imagine. And uh, Oh, no, it's, it's just it's like legitimately fall around yeah. that time period. Nice. Well, then, uh, Paul, before we go, I just want to plant a seed. It's an idea some guys had uh, from your neck of the woods that never materialized. NOLA open, baby. New Orleans. <laughs> that community down there is awesome. Yes. Like, just I can't say enough about those guys. They're big supporters. I mean, like, they showed up with, I don't know, like 15 people yeah. rolled into to Warzone. And talk to them online. They, they got podcasts, or they have podcasts down there, too. I mean, that's that is a that is a strong community of folks. Yeah, the the whole Gulf Coast Gulf Coast Wargaming Alliance, the Southern State of 40K, all those they're they're good dudes. Uh, they're yep. good dudes. But I love New Orleans, and I would be happy to help if anybody wanted to try and make that happen. <laughs> I've had some good times in that city, but uh, I will talk to them and see what we we can do. I mean, those I, I mean, I think those guys. I mean, they they do have a lot of events. I mean, they're even ITC events too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're big supporters of ITC, which we greatly appreciate. They do their own thing with it, but they're big supporters of it, which we super appreciate. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them. We'll see if we can make this happen. Yeah, I would be, I would do anything in my power to make that happen, just so I'd have an excuse to go back to New Orleans hey, every year. Hey, that's on air. Let's let's make that happen. Yeah, I, I am not kidding. I love that city, man. I would love to go back. Cool, man. All right, brother. Well, thank you so much, and again, congratulations on the success of the event. I think you, what you guys are doing down there is great, and we wish you more success. Thank you very much. Oh, you can actually find the information on the event. I should mention that. Sorry, is it WarzoneAtlanta.com? There you go, warzoneatlanta.com. If it is at all possible, Frankie and I will be there next year. Uh, This year we just were on the road way too much. Can I give you one bit of advice? Yes, please do. Get your tickets early. Yeah, I know, right? We have to get a ticket first. (laughs) But uh, we'll keep our eye on the site, and as soon as tickets go for sale, we'll grab them uh, because we would really like to come. Cool, man. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks, buddy. You too.